business and people. Your host, Walt Bayless. Let's get this show started. Welcome to the Agency Bud podcast. On the show, we talk to CEOs and founders, agency owners and business people about the challenges they've overcome and the steps they've taken to get to where they are. You can follow along at podcast.agencybud.com. On the show, we're going to be talking to somebody amazing. We're going to introduce that person in just a second. Don't forget to check out agencybud.com. Add in our software to your business and increase your recurring revenue with agencybud.com. Let's go and meet today's special guest. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Agency Bud podcast focusing on helping digital agencies grow and scale. I have with me an absolute rock star in the industry, a man whose name was shouted from the rooftops. I jumped into a Facebook group and I said, who's a legend in this space? And this man's name came to the top of the pile. As I've done my research, I can absolutely see why. He is the founder and CEO of Dream Big Media. He is also the superstar behind the 30K agency.com where he takes agency owners and helps them to scale up to 30K a month. And he is none other than Franco Obaez. Franco, thank you so much for joining me on the call, man. Walter, this is a pleasure, man. Thank you for that amazing introduction, brother. <laughs> Dude, it is so cool to see. Like, I love when I get somebody that's just had that legendary status put in front of me, and I get to dig in a little bit and find out how did that all come together. Dude, I'm looking at your resume. I'm looking at what you've been able to put together. How did you get started in this? Like, I can see you've come from like running a transport company through into a digital media company, through into being like in the two comma club, which is a which is amazing. We're gonna talk about that in a minute. How did yeah. this get started for you? Oh man, it's it's a wild, wild. So you mentioned the trucking company, right? So um, that's actually a family business. I've been, I've been an entrepreneur, I would say, since like I was 16 years old. My dad wow. didn't know the language, uh, so he was an immigrant from Venezuela. So he didn't know the language. Here I am at 16 years old, like writing proposals for him and everything like that. And uh, he started off with like a little red van in Manhattan, like literally pointing wow. to his van and just knocking on doors and telling him, "I'll move your box from here to there." Right? And then that grew up into a, a million dollar company. And um, like in and around when I was like. 16, 17 years old, helping my dad out. Um, it was funny because he actually like went back to Venezuela and uh, started to like buy farms and stuff like that before the entire country went down <laughs> to, to nothing, right? Um, but essentially, he left me like in charge of that business, which was wow. wild because I, you know, we're on a call right now, so you can see what I look like. But um, <laughs> your viewers can't. But I look kind of young. I look kind of like uh, small and stuff like that. I'm a little, I'm a little guy. But uh, just imagine back then when I was 17 years old. I'm 32 now. I look like I was 12 or 11, right? And I had to walk into a boardroom and there's all these people with like white hair and like suits and stuff like that. I got like a baggy suit on and I had to, I had to do like a proposal for them. And so uh, we ended up pitching an $80,000 a year proposal uh, for a trucking company. I had to handle that, but they're looking at me like, like, where's this kid? Where's Edgar? Where's my wow. dad? You know what I mean? yeah, yeah. Where's, the, like, where's, the, where's the dad coming through? Exactly. <laughs> but it was cool because I landed it. And um, yeah, man. So that's kind of like how um, my my love for entrepreneurship, you know, um, actually developed and stuff like that. And um, until about three years ago, we were doing six years ago now, because that's when it started. But like 2008, 2009, um, the business went really, really bad. We went from one of our clients bringing in $20,000 a week to pretty much like overnight, just that one client going down to like $3,000, 4000 5000 thousand dollars a week um and it was like you were hemorrhaging money and stuff like that so we got into some debt and i ended up having to take on a day job and stuff like that and that was my first real experience working in corporate america and uh i hated it yeah i hated reporting to a boss and like literally telling me like when i can take bathroom breaks and stuff like that they were paying me way too much money to do something a chimpanzee could do no right joke. And so um, I really felt like I was dying on the inside. Um, so then I, you know, with $18,000 in my life savings or 401k and stuff, we actually ended up um, quitting that job and starting up a digital marketing agency. I thought I was intelligent, resourceful, capable uh, to do and figure it out on my own. And um, it turns out that I wasn't so, <laughs> that I wasn't so. So um, we actually blew through the $18,000 at a wife and two kids, a mortgage, two car payments, and um, you know, blew through all that money trying to get our first few clients um, for our digital marketing agency. Um, and it wasn't until I hired one of my first coaches, uh, Russell Brunson, um, it's about three and a half, four years ago now, um, that I hired him and jumped into 
into the Two Common Club X coaching program. And um, it was through that venture, I jumped into organic marketing, I jumped into, you know, leveraging Facebook to get clients, uh, starting up my digital marketing agency. Now all of our clients pay us between $2,500 and $5,000 a month, and they're all over the world. Wow. Uh, so so things have things have really picked up there. So um, we've been pretty successful um, recently, but it wasn't That's through. so cool, man. But do you know what's yeah. amazing is like, you, you've, you've said that I, I felt like I was smart, I was resourceful, I could do it. And then you were like, but then I realized that I actually couldn't. But do you know what happened then was the, was the catalyst, right? It was the, oh my God, this is so much stuff that I don't know. Who's really good at this stuff? Reach out yes. to the man, Russell Bronson, okay? Like the CEO of ClickFunnels, unbelievable marketer, incredible dude. Yes. And, and get, that, get that coaching towards the right spot. So like, I've spoken to, I've spoken to uh, gold medal athletes, five-time Olympians, and the, the value they put on that coaching has, has been the difference between mediocrity and superstardom. Like, do you put that same thing down? Like, I was reading on the 30K agency. Sorry, I, I'm cutting you no, off. No, you're fine. You're fine. No, it's I was, fine. I was reading on your 30K agency side that you, you literally list out some of the best coaches in the world and, and your, your, uh, your coaching, which you help people with their agencies, you take the, the knowledge that you've gained from these coaches and you move that through into the next level. I call that evolution, being able to take that, that, that point of the spear forward. So you put a lot of your success down to coaching, right? Oh, a hundred percent. Yes. Like I honestly say, like, I honestly say that um, we literally stand on the shoulders of giants. You know what I mean? Like when you invest into the right coach, then what happens is you're literally buying somebody else's life. You don't have to go through the same mistakes. You don't have to go through the same struggles. Um, it's like literally, and, and I think it was Myron Golden actually that said this. I don't know if you know Myron or not, but um, he said this at Funnel Hacking Live once. And he was like, um, you know, wealth is, is really about shortcutting you, you, the time frame that it takes you to get there, right? Because you can make a million dollars over 40 years and be living paycheck to paycheck and just be flat broke, right? You make a million dollars in a year, then you're rich, right? right. And so um, it's really about condensing time. Like if you can condense time, um, then you're going to be successful, right? That's where like wealth comes in comes into play. Um, and the easiest way to go about doing that is to hire a coach and to work wow. and learn from their mistakes. Because you can learn from like, you're always going to be learning from two people. You know what I mean? Like, Actually, I should say this. Um, you're only ever going to be learning from life, but it's either directly or indirectly, right? Yeah. And so life doesn't pull punches, right? So life will hit you hard and it doesn't care. It shows no partiality, right? So you're only going to be learning from life directly or you can learn it from somebody else who's already gone through the punches of life and just learn based off of their mistakes, based off of their failures, based off of their successes and their wins. That's it. And condense those so, lessons back down into a, into a short spirit. So like, I mean, I, I can reach over to my bookshelf right now. I'm looking for, for Russell's book. Uh, which one have I got? So Russell's book, Russell's book, Russell's book. Like this. I've got heaps of them. What did, what did Russell take you through the path of to help you go, whoa, and put all these pieces together at the beginning? It's a great, you know, it's one of those things where like a, a simple piece of knowledge will literally change everything for you. Okay. So like you can say like, honestly, you know, we paid, what is it? $24,000 for, for that year for that coaching program. And so, um, literally in six days it was worth it. Okay. Wow. And it's only because it is only because of some of the, the key differences, the, the, not even the differences, not even something I learned, but a different perspective on what I already knew. You know what I mean? And so what he told me was like, you know, it's kind of like a mindset thing. Just like, just go and do it and launch them perfectly and everything like that. Right. And he gave me uh, the key concepts of attraction marketing and key concept of organic marketing. And so what ended up happening was um, I joined the coaching program six days later. Okay. It took me three days to build a funnel. Okay. Like he said, obviously he's the funnel guy, right? So he says, yeah. build a funnel. Okay, cool. Build a funnel. I learned a virtual sales room. Okay. Which is essentially like, um, listing a whole bunch of video testimonials, a whole bunch of case studies, um, on your funnel and then, uh, bringing people to that funnel. Right. And so what I ended up doing all organically, all through Facebook lives, all through Facebook content and posts and, and different things like that inside of my Facebook group and so on and so forth. Um, so it took me three days to build a funnel. Okay. While I was doing that, I was pushing out content everybody letting everybody know that I'm coming up with a new program. Okay. Mm. And it took me three days to do that. And then it, I, you know, I navigated people to that funnel. They all applied to go in and actually work with me on this new program. Three days later, I had, I had to field 10 sales calls in three days. Okay. We closed seven of them on a $12,000 program. Wow. Okay? $84,000 in six days, literally more than my entire year salary the year before my wow. entire year. 
right? And we closed that in, closed that in six days. So it was absolutely wild, life-changing. And once you know, it's like, you know, because I always say like, if you can do it one time, you can do it three times. If you can do it three times, you can do it 10 times. If you can do it 10 times, you can do it 100 times, right? So once it's possible, that became possible in my mind, and then there was no limit. Then I just went and and just replicated the same thing and refined the strategies that I had to do that the first time. So let, let's let's take that that first funnel that you built and and bringing those seven clients in at twelve thousand. You 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 mentioned that you've got the video testimonials and I've seen those on the the thirty k uh, agency dot com site. Um, you've got that those testimonials there. So obviously you'd had some experience in being a digital marketing agency already to have those testimonials. How so how did you then go from working with one client here there struggling to find the next person to work with? To, to being able to bring all of those people together in a group. I noticed that your group's got over 1,600 members now and yeah. like super active, 149 new members of that group in the last 30 days, which is absolutely spectacular. Like yeah. how, did, how did you go from what I see in the space, like the typical digital agency startup is knocking on doors, they're doing cold calls, they're doing cold outreach email. Like how did you bring those people into a, into a content-driven funnel that, that you can then take seven deals out of at 12 grand a pop? You see, well, that, that's what cost me. You know, it's, it's funny because um, I say that I invested in coaching 24000 right? And it was through that that I learned the concept of organic marketing, expert secrets, attraction marketing, all that stuff, right? But it cost me 18000 and four months to learn the lesson of what you just said, door-to-door yeah, right. sales, cold calling, because that's what literally bled through. It's just like my monthly expenses. I didn't pay anybody that. It was just yeah. like my monthly expenses and that's the life great. lessons that I had to learn over the four months because I didn't get a single client that way. Actually, wow. I should say that. I, I didn't say that. Um, I did get uh, one client that way, but it was kind of on accident. <laughs> it was literally my door to my office was open and somebody walked by, oh, what do you do? And they just started a conversation, but it wasn't any cold outreach or anything like that. But that being said, um, like that lesson I had to learn, what I realized was that when you chase people, okay, and that's what you're doing when you're doing yeah. cold call, you have no leverage, okay? You're always you know, knocking on doors, you're always interrupting somebody, you're always interrupting a business owner at the most inopportune time, okay? Yeah. When you knock on doors and you cold call and all those different things, okay, there's already a, a surface, like, uh, attention of, like, you know, irritability almost, yeah, right? Like, like, you know, like, like everybody's yeah, busy on, already. Like, exactly, we're busy already, right? Yeah. So what I realized is when you're chasing clients like that, right, their first inclination is to just run away, right? Yeah. You have to overcome so many hurdles to do that. Yeah. But when they come to you, Okay. They see you as the expert. Okay. And if they see you as the expert, then what happens is they already expect to pay premium services, premium prices for your services. So that was the game changer for me is that when I saw that shift, when I made that shift, and that's what Russell helped me to, to realize is like, oh my gosh, I was doing all this the wrong way. Okay. And he said, start publishing content, publish, 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 publish. And the same thing that happened in that earlier story I told when I had to walk into that room and I looked like I was 12 years old wearing like a baggy suit, right? You know, like, where's dad at? Yeah. What had to happen is like, that was their first inclination of me. That was their first impression of me. And when I walked into the room, the only way that I could overcome that was with, was with what came out of my mouth. Got it. Okay. As soon as I had a mastery of what we were doing in the trucking industry, as soon as I could speak intelligently, intelligently, clearly to them and with authority, just out of my mouth, then what happened was their entire, they got over my appearance real fast. Right. And so the same thing happens when you're publishing content. Yep. If you actually have value and you can actually come to the marketplace with value and provide value to people who are listening, um, then, you know, they immediately, uh, you know, um, attribute that expert status, that authority figure to you. Okay. Wow. Um, and people are always going to be listening. You follow people. I follow people. Everybody in the world follows people. If you're not publishing, that doesn't mean that they're not listening. That just means they're listening to somebody else. Got okay. It. So you just need to jump in there and actually produce content. And what will happen is the people that are attracted to your voice, your style, like your, like your persona, the way you carry yourself, how you treat your family, like whatever the case is, um, those right d- ideal clients are going to be attracted to you. That's why I call it attraction marketing. So, Franco, I, I absolutely 100% agree and concur. Like, I've spoken to LinkedIn experts and Facebook marketing experts, and, they, and, and the concept uh, of, con, of content marketing, being able to actually create that content and attract the right client base to you, is 100% what's, what's spoken about in all of those circles. So here's my question. I was, I was reading a, a book and I've forgotten the title. It'll come back to me. But it was specifically about digital agencies. And this was somebody that was a digital agency master. And they literally said the problem with being a digital agency is the en- barrier to entry is so low. Right? Yeah. Literally, 
I can go right now today with zero skills and say, I'm a digital agent right now. And I, and you know, with outsourcing, we'll get to that in just a second and all that kind of stuff. I can fulfill, I can do all that kind of stuff, but I'm not an authority. So how do you feel about borrowed authority? In other words, being able to have somebody who is a, an amazing person in a particular field, take what they say, post it on your own wall and say, John from wherever said this, I'd really love it because it highlights three things for me, A, B, and C. And actually taking that authority from somebody who's a specialist in the field, adding a little bit of your own voice. How do you feel about that content uh, and creation, borrowing other people's authority when you get started? I love the way you say that, borrowing other people's authority, right? Because there's a fine line between like, you know, plagiarism and oh, also like, you know, like exactly a hundred percent. Right. And so we, we, we think of uh, Jay Getty, right? Or, yep. his name, right? <laughs> like where you just like straight up, like took the same content, stuff like that. Right. But the way I agree a hundred percent, I actually feel like this is like a content hacking strategy. Right. So what we implement is, is we call like this concept active learning. Okay. So every single for one, all of my students, what we do is we implement an hour's worth of active learning. Okay. And so some of the things that they're focused on is um, their niche, their ICA, their ideal customer avatar and like their you know that stuff um like really getting in the shoes of their ideal prospect right and then the other thing they're focusing on when they're actively learning is their agency specialty okay so what is their agency revolved around okay so that's what they're doing all day not all day long but like an hour every single day right but then everything they learn every single time that you have an epiphany from somebody you learn something you heard a podcast a youtube anytime you have an epiphany share it Okay. But when you share it, you share it with your own flair. Now, what's going to happen is naturally what's going to happen is your mind, because of your upbringing, because of your, your, um, worldview, because of your religious, you know, um, beliefs, because of like, you know, the way you were raised and like all that stuff, your mind, even without trying is going to automatically filter, um, what you received, right? You can be like, there's so many people listening to this podcast right now. They can take bits and pieces of everything that we're talking about and then, they're going to learn, they're going to receive something absolutely different than the next person. Okay. Every single one of us. So what happens is when you just share it, when you reshare it to the public, what happens is your brain is automatically going to filter that stuff with your own beliefs and worldview and, you know, viewpoints and stuff like that. And what's also going to happen is in the, the day of, or the, the last week, all those experiences that you had just going through life, you're going to be able to showcase as well to prove a point. Now, the way that we do this is that we take, okay, what was the epiphany? Because if you had the epiphany, other people are going to have it too. We take, what was the epiphany that you had? Okay. Now, what is the big takeaway? Okay. You have the big takeaway. Now, how do you, how do you actually deliver that same point with a different story or analogy? Because not, nothing is new under the sun, right? Every, everything's been said before. You know what I mean? Everything's been said before. We're all learning from each other and stuff like that, right? But it's how you deliver the same piece of content from a different perspective. And it goes back to what I just said about Russell Brunson. It's something I already knew, but he gave it to me in a different angle, in a way that actually landed with me, right? And that's the now, even though he learned from Dan Kennedy, he learned from you know all of his different coaches and everything like that, right? The way he delivers it is entirely different. And because of that, I attribute automatically to him the credit absolutely and the same thing is going to be with with your content and when you push it out people even though you give the credit to somebody else they're going to attribute the credit to you so let's do, it as let's do it as an example i i i'm i hundred percent love what you were saying let's do it as an example so let's say you started your, your digital agency one of the one of the big requirements in local business as we know is better facebook marketing that kind of stuff so you think to yourself that's going to be my area of expertise right I, I can start right now. Now let's go and watch a 30 minute video of somebody who talks about targeting or Facebook agencies or whatever and document your big takeaway, like watch it and go, wow, I never thought of it that way. Go into your own blog, your own Facebook page, your own environment and say, hey, I just picked up this amazing tip from such and such. Give the credit where it's due. This is what I learned. This is why I think it's important. Facebook marketing hack number one, Deliver yes. onto your thing, and by uh, you're saying that literally by the the nature of learning the the uh, the skills that you want to put out there, the people that you're learning from, imparting that knowledge to you, you're then imparting that knowledge to your customer base, and they see you as the authority. 
A hundred percent. Yes. So what I did one time that I actually like uh, talk about all the time is, is I utilize the power of Facebook lives, right? Cause people want to see like, there's three different things. It's like people want to see your, your face and they want to hear your voice first. That's the most powerful piece of content. The second is your voice. Okay. So they you're actually listening to your voice and get your style and your flair and your inf- inflection of your voice. Um, but the third is your copy, right? And it's just like what you said. Okay. And how you said it, right? And so, always the most powerful is like a video, right? Where they can actually see you and and you know, all of that stuff, right? Your background and, and everything like that, like how you come across. Um, so, what I do, what I did, right, um, is is spend three hours on YouTube videos, and I just said Elon Musk interview, and I said Jeff Bezos interview, and I said Mark Zuckerberg interview, right, about entrepreneurship. And so from Jeff Bezos, spending an hour with Jeff Bezos, I learned so much. Not only did I grow as an entrepreneur just watching that interview, right? But I was able also to share that knowledge and become the expert in the eyes of my audience as well. Same thing with Elon Musk and same thing with Mark Zuckerberg. I learned different takeaways from them and how they think about growing their businesses, right? And obviously, I want to get to that level. So I'm going to be learning from the people at that level. It only helps me. So what I ended up, what did I do, right? I put a post on Facebook and I said, I just spent the last three hours with Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, and Mark Zuckerberg, right? Um, and I, I learned uh, I learned so much and stuff like that. I'm going to jump on a Facebook Live and share it all with you. Who wants to join? Drop a GIF, right? And then uh, people are just like dropping GIFs and they're like really, you know, ramping up, like, like seeing the excitement for what I'm about to share. Did you really spend three hours with, with you know, <laughs> these people? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a hook, obviously, right? But when I did, when I went live, I just... I just literally had my notes outlined and I said, okay, this was Jeff Bezos. This takeaway, 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 take this active learning. You got to be taking notes. And all I'm doing is literally going through, that's a bullet point. Let me talk about it. And then my, my brain just naturally, like all of the experiences, all my, my, like the way that I received it, just sharing it as clearly as I possibly can. Right. Mm-hmm. And when you do that and you focus on your audience and not on yourself, how you're going to be perceived, how you're looking, how people are engaging with you, all those different things. When you just focus on delivering the, mo- the, the best value you can to the person that's listening and you're speaking to one person. Right. When you do that, then all of that other stuff that you're worried about and stuff like that is just goes out the window. You just focus on giving them the best value possible. I love it. So here's the here's the little whiny voice in the corner that goes, yeah, but Franco, I don't really like going on video. Yeah. <laughs> like this, and again, I'm not taking anything away from those people because like, uh, you know, I've met so many successful, like top 500 entrepreneurs who would never show their face, but their blog is full of 300, 400 pages and they're driving traffic to a written piece of article. So like we said that the video and I'm just, I'm making some fun. I hope people had a, yeah. bit, of a, a bit of a laugh because like I'm no stranger to camera and I'm just, you know, I'm a show off. That's, that's me. But there's a lot <laughs> of people that make a lot more money than I do who have never been on camera. So don't take anything away from that. So like, would you say that somebody can watch a YouTube video series like that, Elon Musk, mm-hmm. Jeff Bezos, you know, and they can write that down and submit that on the web without ever being on camera? A hundred percent. Yes, that's absolutely possible. And the thing is, is that there's a bunch of different uh, people consume content in different ways, right? So the people who hang out on YouTube, well, guess what? They like to watch long videos, right? Uh, the people who, who hang out on Instagram, well, guess what? They want to see, you know, different like beautiful photos and everything like that and, and consume their content that way. Um, again, people who read blogs, you know what I mean? There's people who religiously open their emails and read their emails in full, like the long form copy emails and stuff. Um, so everybody's going to consume content differently. So, so, whatever you have, content, so you have no disadvantage. Yeah. You don't, you don't have a disadvantage for sure. Just make sure that you're speaking to your audience as well. So wherever, whatever social media platform or wherever they are, make sure that you're actually fishing in the right pond. You know what I mean? Actually speaking and sharing the content in the right, um, you know, um, vehicle where people are actually going to be consuming it. So let's, let's pause there for a second, because one of the things that you mentioned about creating your own company, about, you know, your 30kagency.com coaching program, where you're talking about creating that perfect customer avatar, right? So now we're talking about fishing in the right pond. In other words, defining who our ideal customer is. Now we're doing this active learning thing. And now I need to be, uh, putting that same content as the bait, let's use that same analogy, into the right pond using that customer avatar. So like brand new agency person, I've designed my customer avatar. I know who they are, what kind of business they run, uh, like what their problems are, what they think about at night. Like I've really put some time into this. How do I find them in an organic way in some of these social media platforms? 
Yeah, that's a. It, it, there's a bunch of different ways to go to go about it based off of your strategy and stuff. Um, so I pretty much built my entire business organically right off of Facebook. Okay, and Facebook is a really really good platform to utilize it on because everybody, for the most part, there's no change in the demographic of the United States, for instance, versus how many people are on Facebook. There, it matches up. Okay, so like. 80 year olds are on Facebook and, you know, 16 year olds on Facebook and everybody in between. Right. Um, so if you can find your ideal customer app term, Facebook's going really, really hard with Facebook groups right now. So I think Facebook groups are a great way. I mean, they ran a Super Bowl ad for Facebook groups, right? Um, because, and, and Mark Zuckerberg is really big on making sure that everybody's well connected. So your, your reach on your business page is going down. Um, they're really boosting the, the algorithms, boosting the reach based off of your organic profile, um, your actual personal profile and your Facebook groups as well. Um, and it always rewards because remember your phone is an actual really, really valuable piece of real estate. It's digital real estate, right? So if your content is good and engage you know, engaging and stuff like that, Facebook is going to show it to more and more people, right? So as you're, as you really like nurture those communities, you really show up in Facebook groups and you're really posting a lot of value. You can easily attract your ideal customer avatar. And it's very simple to do with Facebook groups. You can just jump on and just see the keywords. And so, it might say coaches, consultants, and course creators community, right? And so who's going to be in there? Obviously, yeah. my yeah. ideal customer avatar, where we actually build webinars for coaches, consultants, and course creators. So I'm literally fishing in that pond. I'm providing value based off of everything that I'm learning from the people that I'm learning webinars from. Russell yeah. Brunson, Jason Fladlin, and, and you know Sam Ovens, and so on and so forth. Um, so providing that value in there makes them automatically check out who is this guy. Who is this guy that's you know providing so much value to us? Um, so they click on my personal profile, and that's my home, right? The Facebook group is the party. That's where I'm going and hanging out, and everybody loves me. But then they come over to my house, and on my house, which is my personal profile, my timeline, they're sending me a friend request. I'm adding them as friends. Um, we're communicating inside a messenger and so on and so forth, so I can easily book calls uh, to get our clients right through uh, Facebook just like that. Right. Now, there's a right way and a wrong way to do this as well, Franco, isn't yeah. it? Like, the, let's, let's go the wrong way first so that everybody can see the massive red flags. Okay, so here's a group. I've defined my customer avatar as the construction industry. I've got a fantastic industry to work in. So I go to Facebook, I look for construction industries, and I find the builders, architects, and CAD drawing specialist group. It's got 155,000 members. Now, here's the wrong way to do it, folks. We're going to go into this group, and the first post you're going to make is, I'm a digital marketing agency who specializes in Facebook uh, construction groups. Come and talk to me. Uh, yeah. What's going to happen there? Like we, we know that, right? What's going to happen? The, the, the admin of the group is going to ban you. You talk, you use the words adding value, right? And that's yes. what we need to do. So when we go into a group, how do we add value to that group without being a spamming idiot? A hundred percent. So, and this it goes into a, like another um, another thing that you mentioned is like when you're spamming like that, okay? Like you're no one's gonna like you, okay? It's like literally Nobody no one's gonna guy. like you, and you're gonna get banned and all that stuff. And even if you don't get banned, they're just gonna mark you, and you're just gonna be like ridiculed online, okay? So definitely do not do that. Choosing the right Facebook group is just as important because if you're in the right Facebook group and there's a whole bunch of people spamming and doing this and it's just out of control, even if you provide value you're going to be labeled among the spammers. So you really want to make sure that you're choosing the right Facebook groups. But as for how we add value, the first thing is when you're joining a Facebook group, the first thing you want to do is become one of the boys. Okay. And the way that you become one of the boys is not doing a post. It's literally going to show you a badge. It's literally going to show you a thing where it says um, new member, you know what I mean? And like, it's like, okay, cool. New member. And now you're trying to do something very, very easy to see through. Right. So the first thing you got to do is hang out in the comments. Okay. So see what other people are posting, hang out in the comments and provide value. A lot of my, the two comic club award client, that, that client came off of me responding to somebody's, actually his comment. He said something along the lines, guys, um, does anybody know how to do this inside of ClickFunnels? Right. And so what I, what I do, I was on my computer, I was just working and then I opened up Facebook, saw that. Cool. I'm in ClickFunnels right now. Loom video, blah, blah, blah. Just took him through the process. This is how you do. Grab the Loom link just dropped in the comment and that's it. That's it. And just say, here you go. Hope it helps. Right. And what happened is he literally did a video response inside of the comment and just said, bro, I've been working at this for two hours. You know what I mean? Like, and you just went doo, 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 and all that stuff, whatever like that. Just, and he banged his chest. And he just said, thank you, bro. And that's it. Now he can like move forward. Right. And so what happened was that obviously that conversation happened, you know, uh, culminated in us jumping into messenger him, like asking me questions. I was providing him value for free and stuff. 
and then jumped into a phone call conversation. And then where we actually started to work together and did some one-off projects. And then eventually he took us on and, you know, like our agency on to, to help him build the funnel that got to the two comic club award, uh, wow. for the client made a million, $82,000 in sales for him. So, um, we're through the Wait, funnel. Say that again. You you've gone on then to make a million and $82 with that client or for that client because yes. of helping him out with a free tip on a platform that you were already using. And exactly. And in a common notice, right? Just because again, what did I focus on? I didn't focus on how was I going to be perceived here? I didn't focus on that. I just said, you need some help real quick, super thing, super simple thing for me to do. Boom, boom. Just showed you how to do it. Hope it helps. And then sent it off. But Franco, and, that's going to take me a long time. I'm, I'm, I, I really need to like get clients today. How am I going to do this? How do you respond to it? Yeah. So great question. So, you know, getting clients today is, is, I mean, like if you're just looking to, you're not, you're not going to look at content marketing to get clients today. You're not going to automatically, like the best thing you can do is um, like just kind of do what I'm doing and boil it down into like a a success system. Right. So the way that we go about doing it is we have time blocks on our calendar where we're focused on attraction marketing and we're focused on some core things, which is adding people to your friends list. Um, making comments. Okay. Like, um, like doing this, spending some time in the comments, adding value with people and then turbocharging that by automatically like sending the friend requests out. And then the, anybody who, um, uh, accepts you as a friend request, you're automatically going to send a welcome message to you. And your job is to, to speak with as many people as possible. Okay. And then, um, you know, speak through their pain points. Okay. And what they're looking for let them know what it is that you do and who you serve. Okay. Um, and then if it seems like it, it would be a good opportunity for them, get them onto your calendar. And that's the first thing that you're going to be looking to do. Um, the other part, parts of that is going to be, um, you know, filling up your timeline, making your social media profile optimized, uh, so that everybody who knows you already knows who it is that you serve and what it is that you do. And you can do that through like a one sentence mic drop. Okay. Nice. I help agency owners scale to $30,000 a month. Shoot me a message. You know, if, if you're looking to do that, uh, something like that, I help coaches and course creators hit the two comic club using webinars, right. And letting everybody know who it is, because what happens is once somebody knows for instance, the reason why we're on this podcast is because you asked a question. We didn't know each other before this, right? Like what happened was you asked a question in a Facebook group, who is the best at X, Y, and Z? And then somebody mentioned my name because they knew me, right? They knew of me. And that's, and that's pretty much, you know, how, how, how things happen. I love it. So, um, uh, you, you started with $18,000 new mortgage and babies in the, you know, in the family and all that kind of stuff. Um, uh, I can, I can feel the people listening to this podcast right now who've got less than that. Maybe ju- this is crazy times, right? The whole world's gone into yeah. meltdown. I, uh, you know, I can feel the person listening to this podcast going, Oh my God, I've lost my job. I've got like $65 in the bank account. And now I need to, you know, do this content marketing is going to take me a long time. There's, uh, I just want to pause for that person, that specific person. I'm talking to you right now. Just pause for a second. Listen to what Franco's saying, because this is a man that has not only created an incredible agency for himself, but then has gone on to create millions of dollars for his clients as well. Now, do you want to take that advice? Absolutely. You want to, you want to act on that advice? Absolutely. And I also feel your pain, listener, who's right there sitting there with $65 in your bank account. There's so many ways that you can make money while you're developing the skills of your agency. And I'm just going to bounce a couple of you, Franco. So this site's out there like Upwork, like Freelancer. So let's say, for example, that your agency is going to focus on content marketing. You're going to focus mm-hmm. on Facebook marketing or YouTube or LinkedIn or whatever the, the situation might be. If you already have some basic knowledge in those areas, which is what I hope as you're getting into a digital agency, if you don't, go and learn and then come back to this step. Yeah. <laughs> you go onto these sites like Facebook, uh, like a Freelancer, like Upwork, and start doing some gigs here's a company that's looking for two or three articles to be created about a particular topic. And they're paying $500 to somebody who'll do that article. How about you jump in, help that company charge them less than 500 on the condition that they give you a testimonial, bringing in some money in, in pennies so that you can be bringing in your agency clients in tens of thousands. How does that sound for you? Franco? I think that's a terrific strategy. I think that's a terrific strategy. And you got to think through, like, I always say this is that stop thinking as like your situation, start thinking of the the problem that you're solving for your your ideal prospects. And in those cases, the people that are actually on freelancer and on Upwork and different things like that, Fiverr and so on and so forth, those people are looking for one-off gigs that they might need, you know, fix and stuff like that. Right. But really what they're looking for are people to solve their problem, right? They're going to go to you over and over and over again. 
right? And so it's a great, great way to get your foot in the door with a lot of people. And those one-off gigs are such a good way for you to showcase your expertise, okay? Because when somebody, especially a whole bunch of agencies are on those things as well, where they're actually looking for people to fill up and build their teams as well. Um, And not only that, the business owners are looking to, and, and you can, you don't even know, they don't even know sometimes what it is that they want. But when they come across somebody that just completely just like is so good at what they do, they're not only are they always going to come back whenever they have that specific need, but they're going to find a, a situation area where you can help them out on a consistent basis. And that's also an opportunity for you to jump on a sales call with them at, you know, at the very end of it, right? Like you do the, you do the gig for them do and then you have an opportunity to jump on a zoom call with them and then present a sales offer, present an offer to them, make it irresistible. And you'll see how you can get some clients real quick. Rock and roll. So like you mentioned that your specialty is coaches and uh, consultants building their funnels to millions of dollars using webinars. Like that's what your agency focuses on. And I want to come back to that in just a minute. But since we were kind of hovering around the topic, one of our agency bud members actually asked this question and wanted me to front this to you. So this is from Julie. She asked, do you outsource? Do you as an agency outsource any of the work you do? And how do you go about finding your people that you uh, send work to? That's a really, really great question. So it really like there's two, two um, end results here when you're building up an agency. One, you can be, you can have the 10K a month mark and just be living and pretty much doing all your clients. You're handling two, three, four, five clients maybe. And you're just running those things and you can do all that stuff yourself. And then, you know, have your time and all these different things. And that's, for some people, that's all that they want. They want to be able to travel the world, be that digital nomad and, and stuff like that. And there's there's no harm in that. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, the other, you know, uh, side of things is the other end result is you can actually build up a true business, okay? And what a true business looks like is you are the entrepreneur. You're no longer in the weeds doing the work and the client fulfillment for your clients, but you are actually connecting the people who have the problems to the people who have the solutions, right? And so what that looks like is I I always um, paint this picture of a restaurant owner, okay? So you own a restaurant. Are you the one serving? Are you the one cooking the meals? No, right? You bring in the best chefs. You bring in the best waiters to come in and give an amazing experience to the couple that's coming in on date night, right? That's what you do. You connect the people who who know how to do the thing, and then you're connecting them with the people who need the thing done, and then you get paid off of the connection. Right. And so that's you being an entrepreneur, really focusing on building up a dream team. Okay. That's what we call this a dream team, the best experts in the world, especially with an online marketing agency. Um, it's like so, so easy to, and I shouldn't say easy, but it's like you literally have access to the entire world. Okay. Like through Zoom and stuff like that. I'm not sure where you are, Walter, right now, but we're on Zoom right now. I'm in Pennsylvania and you can literally, and I was talking to somebody in, yeah, you're in Australia. Exactly. I was I'm talking to somebody in Hong Kong. You know what I mean? Sure. Like I have clients all over the world that, and you're literally building up a dream team of the best people. And also, the one thing to realize as you're building up your team is that just because they're charging less, if you're working with somebody from India or Bangladesh or something like that, just because they're charging less doesn't mean that their skill set is worse. We have that notion in America. I'm not sure how it, how it is in Australia, but we have the notion that um, you know a, a higher price tag means better service, better quality. And you'll find oftentimes or not is that really what affects a price tag is the cost of living of where they Absolutely. are. You know what I mean, not necessarily their skill level. I charge somebody charged me fourteen hundred dollars for a website uh, from India, uh, and I paid five thousand dollars for a website, and it was probably like four times better, and also amazing, much more amazing customer support and, and service uh, for that particular website that only costs a fraction of what this one costs from Colorado, right? So um, that's a, just a little quick uh, life hack and aside. But based off of those two end results, you're going to have to determine what you want to do, right? If you just want to handle everything yourself and become that digital nomad, service those clients well, and just be there for them, and they know they're talking to you whenever there's a problem you just go in and fix it and you can spend your your time doing that working maybe 10 15 20 hours a week right but if you really want to build up this business um, and really charge high ticket for your your services and stuff and be able to to make yourself like replaceable and you know put other systems and teams in place like that's the route that I, i take my students to is that like you're actually going to become a true entrepreneur. So um, we definitely do outsource that. We And as part of our, our pitch too, the way that I kind of mentioned it, um, when we're competing, if we're competing against somebody, and typically we don't because of the content marketing, people actually save up money to work with us instead. <laughs> so we're not necessarily competing. But um, what I do like to say on our sales calls is, um, you know, if, if, there's a low, if there's a marketing agency that has employees, pretty much they're getting the best in a 25-mile radius and 25-mile commute. Okay. Um, but when you work with us, we literally have the best people in the world, nice. a whole bunch of experts, like 
their eyes are on your campaign, making sure that your every dollar that you spend is is you know targeting to the right people. It's just like awesome. It's just going to get the biggest return on investment for you. I love I love that actually turning that turning that potential negative into a positive because you like some the the competing agents as you said. If you do your content marketing right, you're not going to have competitors because they're coming to you, which is just yes. amazing. I love that phrase as well. They save up money to come to you, which I can again completely see why. So uh, they've come to you, but in the rare case where you're competing against that local agency, their pitch is going to be all our people are local and you're able to, to, to literally turn that around and say, yeah, that's really good. But are you telling me there's no one better in 7 billion people than those guys? I have yeah. access to the 7 billion. Let's talk about exactly. the best in the world. <laughs> the best, best of the best. best. That's exactly. it. Absolutely. I love it. So um, like as you're, as you're building that team of, of experts, Franco, like you, um, what's the, I know the answer that I will give, but what's your, what's your method of filtering out the people that you uh, that you work with as your freelancing team, like what's your method of filtering out who's good and who's not? So it really depends on the role that's being filled. Okay, so if it's something that is like I wouldn't say like maybe like executive level, I'm talking about like an executive assistant, operations manager, project manager, account manager, and different things like that is an entirely different interview process that we go through for that, right? Because that's going to be somebody that's going to be handling multiple clients. But then we have our you know um, for for lack of a better word um, like Oof, I don't even want to say that word. Yeah, base level. Thank you. <laughs> so more base level, like actual like client fulfillment type of work. Um, you know, w- w- the process that we actually take everybody through is like the first thing is um, if, if I know it's going to be something that's going to be a little bit long term and I'm going to use this graphic designer, for instance, on all of my clients. Okay. Then we'll do a two step interview process. And the first is just what working with us is look looks like. Okay. And the second is, um, you know, um, like our requirements and expectations and everything like that job description type of things. Right. So talk about culture talk about you know like um communication stuff like that but the four things that i actually focus on when i'm actually looking for somebody to join our team is this and and it goes in this order um so the first is communication okay like i need because again i'm working with people all over the world i need instant communication at this time um like i shouldn't say instant but like i need them to be okay with um like getting back to us very very quickly um so Hours and not days, exactly. Yeah. And so, um, what that looks like is, uh, you know, Voxer, and we, we have this this concept called arc. Okay, so like when I say something, yeah, I want you to acknowledge, you know, what I said, repeat it back in your own words, you know, with the emphasis. This allows me. This is passing the baton. Okay, repeating it back to your own words and then confirming when it's done. Okay, so that's the communication that we do. Um, the second thing is quality. Okay, so quality needs to be, you know, I have very very high standards of excellence with all. Of, and I'm actually like uh, I run a lot of uh, um, a big portion of the quality assurance team, where a lot of the work that actually comes or before it goes to our clients comes through me, right? So I need the quality. They need to be absolutely proud of it before they send anything my way. And then I'll, you know, put the, put the tweaks and stuff like that and say, okay, let's fix this before we present it to the client. So nothing gets past the client unless me or a few other people, people are actually proud of it. And then it gets to the client. Okay. And at that point it reduces the back and forth communication because most times I have a higher standard of excellence than my clients do. <laughs> so, um, so there's that, right? So the quality is the second thing. Okay. The third thing is, um, uh, uh, speed or hitting deadlines. Okay. So I, I give them deadlines and I ask you, so typically like if you're creating a website for us, okay. So typically how long would it take you to complete a website like this? I'm very thorough with my communication. So I might show them some examples and say, so how thorough or um, how quickly do you think you can, you know, model this and give me something? And they say, well, something like that would probably take me about seven or eight days. Okay. I'm like, okay, great. I'm going to give you 10. Okay. Um, and they need to be like, okay, cool. I can do an intent. That's no problem. Right. And that's fine because I just need to know what it's going to be on your end. I'm going to add buffer in and I'm going to explain it to my client. I have zero problems with that. Okay. The problems that, that come up are you tell me eight and it doesn't take you eight and it takes you 12 or something like that. Right. That's you tell me eight. I tell the client 10 and it takes you 12. Now I'm holding it back. But if you told me 12 at the front, no troubles. I tell the client 15. Exactly, exactly. And then the fourth thing is going to be budget, right? Yeah. So I rarely, and maybe this is like, um, uh, it probably costs me money, I should say, but I I make up for it in terms of uh, how much my team loves me, okay? And so I I don't haggle or negotiate too much with my team members, okay? So I literally tell them, this is what I'm looking for, okay? And I have, remember, I have like a team of 27 people all over the world, and there's like A string, B string, C string, okay? Based off of based off of these four things. Okay. And their availability as well. And so um, when it comes down to budget, I, I tell you like, okay, this is what we're looking to do. Okay. How much would you charge me for that? Okay. In this, in all the expectations outlined and stuff like that, what does that all look like? What is your quote for that? 
and then they tell me what it is, okay, and I can either do it or I can't because I know my numbers. I know what I'm charging the client. I know what the budget project is going to be and so on and so forth, and I can tell them where we are and how far off, and if they want to do it, that's fine, but if not, that's also totally fine. What won't happen, though, and I'll tell them this. I say what won't happen is we'll start working together. You tell me, you know, $700, let's say. You tell me $700, and then in the middle of the project, you say, oh, it was a little bit more than I was expecting, um, so I'm going to have to charge you $1,000 instead. Um, I tell them, I'll pay you the extra $300, but we won't work together again. It'll be the last time. It'll be the last time. And so um, so then they're like, no, I totally understand. I won't do that. All what, all what I would want to see is if you charge me $700 for this project, okay, and you felt like it, it deserved more work, um, more pricing, then um, the second time, okay, charge me what you think is not worth, okay, Absolutely. and then we'll we'll go from there, okay. Absolutely. But if you try to change it up in the middle, because mm-hmm. now you're messing with our now you're messing with our profits and, and stuff like that, I'm not going to raise it. I'm and not going to raise it on my clients exactly. So it's a hundred percent, yeah. Love it. I, that's a, that's a great checklist for like putting your team together. So you mentioned you've got 27 people all around the world. I've got a question here for you, Franco. Like as you're starting up your digital agency, who should be your first hire? And should that be internal or external? Um, so great. Yeah. So, um, right. <laughs> it's funny you say that because we're in the middle of this coronavirus. Um, and so I'm just finding out that um, our core team that was all internal, we can work virtually. <laughs> uh, <okay. laughs> right. So like uh, we're all in quarantine and stuff like that. Right. Um, so it's cool because it's, it's funny because uh, in February, I actually um, got a, a new office space to add into our addition, additional office spaces. And then <laughs> March 15th happens. It was like, what? Happened? Yeah. So, so it's funny. Crazy. But, um, but right now, uh, yeah, pretty much everybody is, is, is virtual. Um, my biggest, the game changer, I think for me was executive assistant, right? Having somebody in the way that I actually do this is like, um, especially when you're building out your agency, uh, when you're first building out your agency, um, oftentimes you'll be the one doing the work yourself. Okay. And, um, that's okay. That's okay for you to do, um, because you really want to become knowledgeable about that. Cause it's going to help you in every area. It's going to help you on your sales calls. It's going to help you on your, you're pushing out your content. It's going to help you in all these different areas. If you know, what you're doing for your client. Okay. Um, and so, um, then being able to pass it on and being able to gauge how somebody's performing. Cause if you know nothing about SEO, right. And you run an SEO thing and you're just finding, so somebody says they're an SEO expert, but you really don't know how to analyze anything. Okay. You can't even gauge the results that your client is getting. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so you just yeah. make yourself look, look like a fool. So you really want it. That's where the active learning comes into place um, as well. Um, so, for me, the way that we did it is um, we actually had, okay, cool. This is some of the stuff that was I was having to do, okay? An executive assistant is versatile because um, he or she can jump into those areas and you can train them up on doing a whole bunch of different things that are time-consuming for you, okay? Um, and really, like, the overarching goal of my executive assistant is, like, this is her job description. She says, you have to fiercely guard my time. Okay. Like that's what you fiercely guard my time. I need to be doing only the things that I can do. Okay. Or the things that I want to do. Right. And so she being versatile can jump into click funnels for me. She can jump into this. She can post it. She can send emails. She can, she can do quality assurance. She can do all these things that I had. I had to wear all the different hats in my agency when I'm first starting out, hiring somebody like that can take on some of those hats as well. You know what I mean? Until we start having specialists that only focus on this as we continue to grow and scale. At what revenue point did you bring her on? Um, I was probably at around, um, that's a good question. I don't know. I want to say, oh, I, I think I'd be making something up. I'd say around 10000 to $15,000. Somewhere there. Like, at the point, at the point where you could, you were, you know, a lot of people have this 10K a month thing, right? Like they mm-hmm. have this, this seems to be the number that we can that we can build to sustain, have a nice life, you know, be that digital. Number. You know what? It was less than that. It was less than that. It was like around seven thousand dollars a month. I remember now because I was at the gas station. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. And I remember so, having a conversation with my dad. Yeah. You now you're now at the point where you're going, okay, look, I could literally live my life right now on seven or ten or thousand dollars a month and not bring anybody on. I could just keep being busy doing all this kind of thing. That's the pivotal point where you've mm-hmm. brought someone on, and now you have an employee that you need to pay their salary. So now you need to up your client game again. 100%. Yes. It's, it's really interesting that that's the pivotal point because it, it almost always seems to occur that way. At the point where you can be comfortable, maybe a little bit stretched, mm-hmm. that's the point where you need to really literally become uncomfortable by bringing somebody else into your team so that you can grow that to the next level. And that keeps happening all the way up that staircase, right? 
that's the only way that it happens. You know what I mean? It's like, um, you know, it's never a, I mean, there's two ways to break your business, right? Like one, not enough clients and then yeah. two, scaling too quickly, right? And like you take on too many clients and then the quality goes down and everything like that, you're not prepared for it, right? So there's this fine line. And the way that we do this, and I learned this from Sam Lovins, the way you do this is like um, you go up and you actually have like a season of growth, okay? And then a season of stability, Okay. Mm. And then a season of growth again and a season mm. of stability. Because mm. if you just grow without the season of stability, what happens is when you fall, you fall all the way down. Nice. Right? You go back to Instead that first of, plateau from like Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But having that season of stability where boom, like now when you fall, like you can get here and then you can continue to like service and stuff like that, all these different things. So when you grow, you season of stability, grow and season of stability. So in that case, what happens is when you're always entering this season of growth, um, you're always going to be stretched. You're always going to feel uncomfortable, right? But this is what a book that changed everything for me was Profit First. Have you read Profit First, Mike? No. Mike, Mike, Mike Makalevich, Makevich, something like that. I'm not put sure. put a link in the show notes. What's it called? Yeah. Profit First? Pro- Profit First. Profit, Profit First. First. Okay. Yeah. And so what that looks like is most generally accepted accounting principles here in the U.S. I know you're in Australia. I'm not sure if that applies there. But GAAP here, um, what that means is uh, revenue minus your expenses equals your profit, right? And people are left over. But most people, entrepreneurs especially, and, and sole proprietors and like people, solopreneurs, um, what happens is they want to give so much to their clients. They just they want to go all out for their clients and make sure and get the best and all these different things. And they end up working for free. Even though they're charging $3,000 a month, they're working for free because they're not taking anything home from themselves, right? Yeah. Profit first flips it on their head and it says, okay, revenue minus your profit equals your expenses. And now that keeps you very lean as you're doing your business. That's a really different way to think about it, isn't it? Let's build, let's, let's put together what we're really here for first Mm-hmm. And then minus our expenses. I, I love it. I think that's a much. Yes, exactly. And it, it shows you and, and, and the concept is, isn't new. It's the way that if you've ever had a W2, what happens? You know, like you have what you make and then you have what you take home. Right. And what comes out first? Like taxes. Right. Oh, like that's what, like the, the taxes are coming out first and then you take and live off of what you take <laughs> home. Right? right. And so the same concept applies in your business. Right. Like pretend like the taxes are being taken out, taken out already. And then you have to live off of whatever you have coming in. And so if you treat your profit that way, you'll always have a cushion as you scale, as you have those seasons of growth, you'll always have a cushion because you're always taking profit. And you actually have five different bank accounts for my one business where we literally have an income and expenses, operating expenses, commission bucket, profit, uh, taxes. um, And we're literally like, Money comes in here and then it gets dispersed into all the buckets, right? Um, and we always have, we always have a, a saving a cushion where we're, we're cash flow positive um, in that sense. We're not necessarily scared of the seasons of stability because what happens in season stability is you're still going to have a churn rate. People are gonna, still going to fall off and stuff. But then if you're not bringing on new clients to, to, to fix that while you're, while you're doing um, uh, training for your team, while you're building out the systems, while you're refining the onboarding process, while you're doing all these different things, okay, you still are cash flow positive. And then you go into your season of growth and then you're testing what you just built. Right and now we're bringing in clients into this new way of doing things, okay, and then checking for the collateral damage and so on and so forth. So it's exciting, man. Wow, well, man, I love it. Like you, I can see, I can see your hat. Like you put that on and you just like literally go into business growth mode. And I can see the like the wheels turning as you're explaining that. I just I love it. How long did it? How long did it take you to feel like you had a handle on this stuff? I don't. I don't feel like I have a handle. <laughs> nice answer, man. That's a lot of Brilliant. I love yeah, it. Yeah, no. Like one of the things that I say is, um, is it's I'm where I'm at because I'm not good enough yet. Okay, wow. so I always think of that. Like I am where I'm at because I'm not good enough yet. Um, Jeff, I, I'm, I'm going to do a shout out to my VA right now, Ellie. When you listen to this, capture that comment from Franco. I'm good enough. I, I'm where I'm at because I'm not good enough. Can you capture that and just like meme the shit out of it because that <laughs> that is like the awesome sound snippet. Yeah, man. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So I explained it like this. It's like, um, you know, Jeff Bezos, you know what I mean? Um, is not a trillionaire yet because he's not good enough. You know what I mean? Is Can he be? Yeah. If he knew enough, right? If he, if he focused his time enough, right? And stuff like that is we always have a level to get to, right? So, um, so I always say like, um, there's, there's, you know, other areas, like other people have done so much more with so much less, 
You know what I mean? Wow. Than I have, right? So because of that, it's always like a striving. I'm very competitive. So it's always like a striving for me. It's just like, like what else can I learn? What else can I implement? And it's really like getting all this information because everybody has the entire world at their fingertips. You know what I mean? Like you have the internet, you have like everything that you could ever need at your fingertips, okay? It's just where do you look? You know what I mean? Wow. And it's just like information overload and all that stuff. And how so can I condense the able- time? Coming back to your first thing, like how can I shorten yeah. the time frame? Like bring exactly. this into a shorter period. A hundred percent and being able to ask questions and just get like, ask questions. That's the thing. You know what I mean? Cause like what you're doing when you're searching Google or YouTube and stuff like that, you're, you're asking questions, but now you gotta take all this time to, to really wade through a lot of the crap. You know what I mean? Instead of getting like pointed answers to your questions that literally change the game. I'm sure so many people we've talked about so much. I don't know how, oh, how we're right. back in so many people. Like, I'm sure a lot of people are having like, you know, their mind blown. Like with go like, back and um, watch this again or listen to this again. Guys. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, you see that. So like, actually having the ability to, to get um, pointed answers to the things that you're struggling with. Just That's the master a, skill, right? That 100%. is literally the master skill. Like no matter what industry you find yourself in, the master skill is what do I need to learn? Where can I find the answers from? And how can I get that information now? Like yes. that, I, I tell my kids that all the time. Like that is the master skill. No matter what problem you're faced with, if you can find the answer, you literally have the world at your fingertips. You can do anything in your life so long as you can find the answers to the problems that you face. Right. Yes. And that's, that's yeah. exactly, I love it, man. I absolutely love it. Franco, I'm so respectful of, of your time. Like the, the hour that we spent here has just been absolutely incredible. Can I ask you as we like, again, with that, that utmost respect, knowing what you know now, having constructed the incredible business that you have. And again, we're going to put all the links to, to the 30 K uh, agency system uh, on our notes, the S M M a success system.com is your other site. Like you're taking people and coaching them through that system. We're going to put all those links there, but knowing what you know now, if you had to start again, what would you do differently? What would you, what, what are the major lessons that you've learned that would help you accelerate at a faster pace? I would focus a lot more on um, getting good at uh, content um, and uh, focus on like, cause you make money when you can influence and persuade people with the, with the power of words and images. Okay. And so like, if you can have a mastery over your words and your images and persuade somebody to take a desired action, uh, it's going to, it's the greatest skill set. You'll never, you'll never have to worry about money again. You know what I mean? If you, if you master that skill set, um, the way that you master that skill set, right. Is by learning from other people who are really, really, really good at it. Um, and so that's what I would have done differently. I would have stopped trying to do it all myself and started learning earlier on, from the people that have, you know, have already like broken uh, through those barriers and stuff like that for me already and just learn from them. Um, So that's a million dollars, 60 seconds, right? there. Yes. Yes. That's, that's what I would focus on. I love it, man. So I am, I'm going to, again, let you get back to to your family and your time. And I really appreciate it. What are your goals from here? Like where will you take dream big media? What is your big projects? What will we see for you on the horizon? Hey, that's, that's awesome. So thank you for the question. Um, so right now, actually, like, cause again, like I teach aspiring entrepreneurs how to start and scale a digital marketing agency to $30,000 per month. The way we go about doing it is through everything we talked about today, attraction marketing, content marketing, and so on and so forth. Um, I've actually created, and we do that primarily through Facebook. You can get a lot of your clients through Facebook. Um, so I've actually created a new software that actually helps people be able to automate their organic marketing. And those turbo charges where I was sending out the friend requests, sending out the welcome messages, a messenger CRM, and so on and so forth, um, that is what we're currently building right now to help make the process easier because it's my goal to, to help the world. Um, like be able to start up a, a business and be very, very successful and very, very lucrative, um, a lucrative business venture, which is a digital marketing agency, um, give them the, the knowledge, the accountability, the support, the community, the tools, the resources, the network, like literally everything that they need to be successful. I just want people to come in and be able to execute with all of the strategies and guidance and everything like that, that we provide. Um, so dream big media, that's like the short term goal. Dream big media in the future is I call it dream big media instead of marketing because, um, dream big media just opens the door to a wide range of possibilities and stuff. I'm a true big dreamer at heart where I take risks and I actually feel like I can change the world. And so the people that I work with have that internal feeling as well. And so we're going to be providing more content that is actually helping a lot more aspiring entrepreneurs be able to um, uh, take action on their dreams and seeing how they can actually do that and utilizing the digital marketing agency to be the launch pad for their success. Fantastic. Okay? So that's, 
that's all uh, Dream Big Media and everything we're looking to do in the future. Um, but on a personal note, um, I want to grow my personal brand to uh, to a position where, you know, when when I when you are an influencer, when you have a, a good following and everything like that, uh, people naturally listen to you. And so I want to be able to use that platform to advance God's kingdom. And uh, and my heart is um, as a Christian, is my heart is to advance His kingdom with the platform that He's given me. Um, and so I want to I want to do that as well. So um, yeah. that's all. My personal, my personal, uh, I'm in awe. I'm in awe of being able to, to spend this time with you, man. And, uh, those goals, uh, sound to me like it's going to be an incredible ride. I can't wait to hear about it. Come back and tell us like how things are going, sure. especially once that software is released, come back and let us know. And, you know, we can uh, send some people your way. Cause that sounds like incredible as well. Franco, thank you so much for the time, for the chance to, to meet with you. I can feel the passion that you have for taking people from where they are and growing their own lives into you know, more successful spaces. What's amazing for me is that uh, it, it is an abundant universe. You know what I mean? Like yeah. as you bring more people into that digital marketing space, the, the, there's an inclination that says, but aren't you creating more competitors for yourself? The answer is no. What you're creating is a bigger pie. You're not taking a smaller piece. Oh, so yes. you're, not taking, you're not reducing the size of the pie that's out there. You're making the pie bigger so that everybody gets a bigger share. And I absolutely love it, man. Thank you so much for the generosity of your time. I'm going to put all the links underneath the video to, uh, to your sites. People can go and, and hook up with you, follow along with what you're doing. Uh, I know that that's huge value for them. And again, man, just thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, Walter. Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure to be here. Awesome, man. Hey, everyone. It's Walt. And thanks so much for listening to the episodes on the podcast. We really love bringing these interviews to you. And I hope you're getting a lot out of them. We've designed the podcast to really help and to engage with everybody out there. So you could help us by simply leaving us a comment or a review, subscribing, on iTunes. Head over there now. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and leave a review for us. It helps more than you could possibly believe. Do that now. And we look forward to seeing you on the next episode.